Ezekiel chapter 47, we're going to read from verse 1 onwards. Then he brought me back to the door, to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. For the front of the temple faced east, the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there, along the bank of the river, were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. Verse 9. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters would go there, for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from En Gedi to En Eglame. There will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. As I read this, the Spirit of the Lord brings to me that there was a message spoken from this section um, sometime during our Sunday service. I don't know which year it was. Uh, as the Lord is bringing to me, I want to uh, share it with you because... Um, you need to go to that recording and listen to that message um, from Ezekiel 47 that um, God had spoken to us some time back. It will definitely bless you. So we are going to continue to read here from verse 11. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to the given over to salt along the bank of the river. On this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Praise be to God. I'm going to take you back to verse 1. We've read from verse 1 onwards to verse 12. Verse 1 says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. This is the temple of God and the spirit of God is speaking here and he is revealing something that is very important which is the river of God that flows from the throne of God that flows from the temple of God that flows from God himself what does the river do the river is there as a healing river to heal to heal the land to heal whatever was dead to bring to life that which was not there and to cause the trees there to live 
the creatures there to live and the trees to bear fruit and life to begin where life was not there. God has spoken to us about this, so he's not going to speak to us about this again. I know it's been some time since God spoke on this very chapter and, and, um, we don't know. I exactly don't know when it was, but the Spirit of the Lord said he spoke some time back. And and so it's good to go and listen to that recording. But for today, God is speaking to us something very important. But as a follow-up, please listen to that recording. It'll definitely bless you. Since God brought to me after so long that this was given, it's good to go back and listen to it. So verse 1, the river of God, the focus here is the river of God. The river of God flows from God himself, from the place of God. See, sanctuary, the house of God, the temple, they all are one and the same because God dwells there. And so the river that proceeds from God himself is life itself. When the river comes from God, when the river begins to flow from God, because God is the author and the river, when it comes from God, it is the beginning of everything. When the river flows, it's bound to give life whichever direction that river flows. God is speaking to our hearts today. Whatever area is dead, whatever area has become non-existent, whatever area has Produced death, God says. These three are three different things. Whatever area is dead, whatever area has become non-existent, whatever area produced death, the Holy Spirit says, when it's touched by the river of God, when the river of God passes over it, it will bring life. It will be brought to life. It will give life. Praise be to God. Now, when the angel of death passed over, when he passed over the Egyptian's house, he caused death to take place. It's called the angel of death. When the river of God, which is life itself, when the river of God flows, wherever that river goes, it causes life to flourish. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. There is a reason why the spirit of God causes us to meditate or is causing us to meditate on this chapter and these verses on the third day of this month of November, especially on our fasting and prayer. The river of God that flourishes the barren land, the river of God that gives life to the living creatures is there to give life to you. God is asking you this question. How much do you want the river of God? To what extent do you want this river of God? Now you look over here. Let's just read. He brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate that faces east. And there was water. So if you don't remember anything, if you don't remember not getting the east and all those things, one thing, if you remember, it's enough for now, which is God bringing you to where the water is. God bringing you to where the source of life is. God bringing you by his mercy and by his grace to the place where the spirit of God is. It is a sanctuary of God. It is the house of God. It is the throne of God. It is where God dwells. Hallelujah. The house of God is 
God's house as long as God lives there. If the Lord moves out of a place, if the Lord moves out of the sanctuary, if the Lord is no longer there, it's no more the house of God. See, this house will be my house as long as I live there. If I'm not there, then it's not my house. It's not going to be, it can be a building, but if I'm not there, if I'm dead, and this house is just going to exist. But as long as I'm living here and it's legally mine, then it's, it's mine. It goes for every single person, you know, whether you're living in an apartment or living in a house or whatever it is. The illustration here is as long as you are living there, once you move out of it, it's no longer, you know, your place. So you're never going to be there because you go out and someone else comes in, lives in. The temple of God, the sanctuary is only God's as long as God is there. When it gets defiled, God moves out. Doesn't mean that God will say that, okay, you know, I have no right over it and I'm not its owner. No. He says it's defiled. I don't want it. It becomes trash. That's what it means. So when something gets rotten, something gets spoiled, right? You buy a whole bag of, say, uh, plums or peaches or whatever it is. You buy it and you bring it and you put it on the table and then you open it and see after some time you see the top of it is all rotten and then you see the bottom also everything is rotten now even though you bought it and these are yours what are you going to do you're going to take that and you're going to put it in the garbage it's no longer use it's no longer of use this is how it is whether it's our bodies whether it's a home whether it's our church as long as god is there it is god's habitation but once God says, I'm not going to be there because it is defiled. I'm not going to be there because there's a stench there. I'm not going to be there because I can't hear what they're speaking. I'm not going to be there because I can't take what they're doing. I can't be there. It's defiling. Then what happens? God leaves that place. There are many places in the Bible where you'll see God, the presence of God or the spirit of God or God himself will move from the inner court to the outer court. He'll just leave completely. And we also see this in Samson's life where Samson, who had the spirit of God, now he had the spirit of God. This is uh, the first um, case that I said from God's word is the physical building. But now we're talking about the human body, which is also a temple, a tabernacle for God, a temple for God. And you look at Samson, the spirit of God moved out of Samson's body and he moved away from him. And Samson didn't even know that God had departed from him. These are some things that we have to really take it seriously. And we need to know that we have to pay attention to the word of God and make sure that God is in our midst. We have to make sure that we keep God with us by being with him. The Bible says, as long as you're with him, he will be with you. When you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. If you go far away from him, he will also move far away from you. And this is who God is, even though he will wait for you to come back, even though he will try every way to crush you in a sense, to really make you face yourself. He'll block every path of yours to make you face yourself he will never force you to get into his path he will not do that he will never try to twist someone's will and say okay i'm going to somehow bring you into my fold no he will call as a good shepherd he will call as a good shepherd he will say okay come let's go but when the 
person's body gets defiled willingly, what happens? The Spirit of God will leave. God departs. And so, you look at heaven. Heaven, you have the tabernacle of God, the Zion. And then you also have the physical place in Israel. Then you also have the physical house of God locally where we are. And then you also have our bodies that are the temple of God where God dwells. We also have our own homes where God has to live there. It should be every home has to be a sanctuary for God. Nothing defiling should enter into our homes. If we want God to live in our homes, then we have to make sure that our homes are habitations for God, where God will dwell inside. So we see here in the temple of God, where God lives, there's this river that comes from him, that proceeds from him, that proceeds from his temple, and it comes from his throne. It just comes in, and God says that this river is bound to do something. It's bound to do something. So as you are taking notes, write this down. The river of God is not just coming there because it wants to make everything look beautiful and it's just beautifying everything. No, it has a very definite purpose for human beings. It has a very definite purpose for God's people. Who? Those who are there in the temple. Those who are there with God. Those whom God will say, come, I will take you. I want to do this to you. Hallelujah. I want to do this for you. We've been saying during the past two days, God is for us. God is for us. God is for us. And because God is for us, God wants to do certain things for us. And what are we supposed to do in order to prepare ourselves to inherit what God has for us? And today, the Spirit of the Lord is taking us here. God wants to do something for us. And because He wants to do something for us, He says, look, I'm going to take you to this place. What place is it? It is the house of God. It is the place of God where the river of God is flowing. Freely it is flowing. And From whom is it flowing? It is flowing from God himself, who is the God of the house of God. So the house of God is only a house of God as long as God is in that house. We've seen in the Bible that God gave his temple to be broken, to be shattered. You know, not one stone upon another, Jesus said. Why? Because it no longer was God's habitation. They defiled it and God said, I'm not going to be there. You know what? This is not going to be existing anymore because it's supposed to be my house. But if it's desecrated, he says, I want to just remove the entire thing from its existence because I'm not there. Why should that even be there? Having my name on it. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. God wants to do something big. When he wants to do something big, we have to understand he must be there. Whatever big that needs to come to us has to come from his hand, has to come from his throne, has to proceed from him in order for that to happen. He has to be there. God has to be in our midst. And what else must happen? He has to take us and place us where his river is. He has to take us and place us where his blessing is. He has to take us and place us where he himself is. Hallelujah. That's what God wants to do. God wants to take you and place you where he is. God wants to take you and do what he wants to do 
in you and through. That's the reason why God has brought you here. That's why you are in the house of God. That's why you are here where his river is flowing. It's not just to, okay, be here and say, well, I'm here because, uh, you know, I'm sick or I want to get healed or, you know, I want some physical prosperity. It's more than that. These are all fringe benefits. Physical healing is important because only if we have good health, we can serve God. Prosperity, financial prosperity is important. Only if we have financial prosperity can we be a blessing, you know, to the kingdom of God financially. And we can be a testimony for God. So these things are important. But however, these are not the main things. These are not the main things. Even if we don't have financial prosperity, even if we don't have physical things, we can still shine for Jesus during a particular season where God will take us through that path. That's Job's story. That's Joseph's story. Joseph didn't have a family. Still, he shone for for God Almighty. Job didn't have anything. Whatever he had was taken away from him. Still, he shone bright in his darkness for God Almighty. So, the blessings and the benefits that God gives is all added blessings and added benefits so that we can do more for God. But if everything is taken away from us, will we still shine for him? Will we still shine for him? Will you still shine for him? The answer should be yes. God should be able to say, even if everything is taken away from her, or even if everything is taken away from him, he or she will still hold on to the integrity. He or she will still shine for me in the midst of their darkness. Praise be to God. So God says here now, I am going to do something here. And as you read this, put yourself in this place. As we read this, put yourself in this place. I'm going to read here. Let me read from verse 2 again. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. There's water there. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. So through the waters, 1,000 cubits, you know, that's the... um you know, measurement for the water. If you want to just see what 1,000 cubit is, maybe we can just switch to um, switch to New Living Translation. It'll just tell you here the measurement. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. So you, as you go, he's going to say how deep it is and and how this river is going and what is happening as he is taken through this path so let's just go here measuring as he went he took me along the stream for 1750 feet and then led me across so he is just going through this path that god has for him through this river and you see that the water was up to my ankles and I want to, I want to emphasize these two, two points here, just in, in verse three. Verse three is, he led. It's not the person on their own, they're walking through the river and going through the water and somehow trying to navigate. Being led is a beautiful experience. 
continuously being led is a glorious experience. And being led through the river of God is the most glorious experience because now the Spirit of God is leading you through something and to something in order for something. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. The water was up to my ankle. So, the river is there, and as he's going, it's ankle-deep water. Going through the ankle-deep water. He measured off another 1750 feet and led me across again. The journey is continuing. This time, the water was up to my knees. Now, as he is going, the water is increasing. That means they're going deeper. And as they go deeper, it's up to my knees. That's going up to his knees. After another 1750 feet, it was up to my waist. So there is this measurement, 1750, 1715 as they are walking. What is happening? The water level is rising. Why? Because they are going deeper. As you go deeper, what happens? The water level rises. So the river is there. The river, as they began walking, ankle deep, knee deep, and now waist deep, going further and further in that river. Now, then he measured another 1750 feet and the river was too deep to walk across. After this, it's just going so deep and it's so deep that you can't cross this river by walking. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. So something needs to change. Walking is good for a season. There's a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. Walking is an experience. Walking through the river is an experience. But when you can't walk anymore, God takes you through another experience, which is swimming. From walking to swimming, as you go deeper and deeper in the river of God Almighty, God takes you from one experience to the other. Walking from one part of the river to the other it means you're going closer going into the depths of the river but then after a point you cannot walk something has to change what has to change the way in which you are actually going through this river has to change where the person who is walking cannot walk anymore in this river in this river you can't walk anymore because beyond that it's going to get Deeper and deeper. But you know what? You can still cross over. And how can you cross over in this river? By swimming. No more can you walk. But it's so deep that you can swim in. But too deep to walk. Verse 6. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? And he led me back along the river banks. I want to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. In this experience that God is taking us through, that the Spirit of God brings a believer from where they are and he puts them where? In the house of God, where the river of God is flowing. So in the house of God, while you're there in the house of God, where the river of God is flowing, every single believer has the opportunity to keep going with God Almighty in the river that flows from the 
throne of God, from God himself, who is in that house of God, where the river is flowing. God is asking, okay, day after day, the word is going. Day after day, the river is coming. Day after day, the spirit of God is working. Day after day, the presence of God is increasing. And as you keep going, you experience the increase in the presence of God. You experience the increase in the word of God. You experience everything. But to what extent are you going to go forward? The river is flowing. To those who say, I want to keep going, keep going, keep going. Those are the ones who will actually experience more and more from the ankle deep to the knee deep to the waist deep. And it's going to go to the shoulder and then beyond that you can't even walk anymore because it's too deep. Depth is good. Deeper is good because you're going to experience more. But you know what? From walking, you got to get to swimming. From walking, you got to get to swimming. There's a reason why God is bringing us through this experience of going through this river. Because this river is not an ordinary river. It's not an ordinary river. This is God's healing river. This river is God's river. This river is living waters. This river causes everything that is dead to come to life. This river goes to parched lands and makes those parched lands to become fertile land and cause it to bear fruit. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. The river of God that flows from the throne of God, that is in the sanctuary, our sanctuary, God's sanctuary, where God has placed us, where we are in this sanctuary. God has kept us for a reason. You know why? He wants you to experience the fullness of the river of God. Why is he taking you from one point of the river to the other? And just to take you back, just to say that, well, you see how deep my river is? No. He wants you to be blessed by it. He wants you to experience the depths of the glory of the river of God. Are you willing to go further? Are you willing to go further? Again, it takes preparation. It takes willingness. It takes faith. And a walk with no fear. With faith, there will be no fear. With total trust, there will be no fear. When we trust in God, our God, to lead us through whatever circumstance it may be, he will take us through the depths of the river. And there will be periods in our lives where we will not be able to walk. But you know what? The Spirit of God will cause us to swim. Do you know what? If you don't know swimming, you can't suddenly swim when you get to a place where you really can't walk anymore. This is where the training is. Before you go into the battlefield, you'll be trained on the outside. You'll have the training sessions and training periods and training hours to train yourself with the equipment, train yourself with your weapons, train yourself with whatever you need to wear to protect yourself, train yourself with all the skills that you need to have in order to fight and train yourself as to what the tactics of the enemies are. All this kind of training is necessary. Once you're trained, then you'll be taken to the battlefield. Who will God take to this kind of experience? The experience where God will know that. I know you can swim, so I'm going to take you deeper. You see that? Only if you thoroughly equip yourself in order for God to be able to take you to that place of deep waters, 
where you can swim in that water and get to where God wants you to get to. You cannot go to that place. Ankle deep water, knee deep water, waist deep water are all different levels in the spirit. Many people are happy with the ankle deep water. They say, well, I stand here and I like it and I don't want to go further. This is good for me. So what? This is the same as being there. Oh, no, it's not. It's not the same. Those who really like to be in the water, when you go to the beach or the river, you really like to go in and you enjoy, you know what it is. It's not the same. When you stand by the shore, the edge of the shore and just get your feet wet, it's nice. But it's not as good as really going there where you're in the middle of the waves and where you're there with pretty high water up to your waist. It's a whole different experience. But those who really can stand and those who really enjoy that are the ones who are going to keep going further. But those who have fear, those who are afraid, those who say that, you know what, I don't want to go. I don't know if the wave can just take me in and I'm scared. I'm too scared to go there. They're the ones who will not go in. What prevents a person from really going closer to God Almighty? What prevents a person from receiving everything from God? Number one is complacency. Write this down. Complacency keeps the person from getting closer to God. That means I have what I need. My feet are wet. Hallelujah, my feet are wet. My feet are wet. These are like the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to Z Christians. Very happy. I know my A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I know the entire alphabet song. Oh, I know all the way up to Z. Do you know that? I know that. I know someone who doesn't know their ABCs. Well, I know my ABCs. You have a whole bunch of people who are very happy. I know my ABCs. Now I know my ABCs. And they're so happy that they know their ABCs. It's good. We need to know our ABCs. If we don't know our ABCs, we cannot put words together. We cannot write apple. We can't do that. We need to know our ABCs. But just knowing our ABCs, is it enough? No. When God says, come, see, that's the point here. God says, come, I'm going to take you from your ankle deep and I'm going to take you to the knee deep depths. I'm going to take you to the depths of this river, river of God. It comes from the temple of God. It is where God lives. It's this powerful, healing, holy river, full of joy and peace and full of glory. Complacency will make us people who will not be able to enjoy anything that God has for us. Complacency will make us into people who will forfeit the joy that God has for us. Complacency will cause us to become people who will forfeit the peace, the total peace that God has for us. Complacency will make us to become people who will forfeit the spiritual experiences that God has for us. So complacency 
will keep a person from going from ankle deep to knee deep. They'll say, well, I'll just stay here. You want to go, you can go. You know, some people do that, right? They don't want to go further in. They'll say, well, I'll sit here. You want to go, you guys can go in. Well, in spiritual life, you can do that. But you know what? You'll miss everything that God has. If God wants to take you into the knee deep depth, if God wants to take you into the waste depth, if God wants to take you into the place where he will cause you to swim because you trained yourself before, because you're training yourself for it now, then we need to go. So in order for us to go there, it takes preparation. It takes preparation. It's very important. It takes preparation. As you are going, you're not going alone. You're going with God. I want to bring this before you as the Holy Spirit wants me to. When God moved prophet, the prophetess Deborah to call Barak for war, telling him, God will give the enemy into your hands. Go, Barak, go. What did Barak say? He said, well, I'm not going. If you're going, then I'll go. Otherwise, I'm not going. What is he saying? He's saying that, well, if I go by myself, I'm not going to win. I may lose. And what is he actually expressing there? He's expressing unbelief. And what did he need at that point? He needed Deborah's faith and her leadership. Where she had to go. A prophetess had to go there as a warrior, so that Barak now will go. So Barak was not able to stand on his own when it came to going to war. When the first call came for battle, in obedience to the voice of God that came through the prophetess of God, Barak said, no, that's what he said. But I'll go with you, not by myself. I'm not going to lead this without you. So she goes, and when she goes, he says, I'm going. So at that point, he did not focus on the enemies. He did not focus on what was going to happen. His focus was on God who was with Deborah. He was not satisfied with the word. See, I want to point out two things here. Types of faith. Little faith and great faith. No faith. is all different types of faith. Faith where... There's no doubt is that mustard seed of faith. And Jesus says those are little faith, but not little faith with a lot of unbelief. That's not what Jesus talked about. When he talked about little faith, when he's saying about the mustard seed, that kind of a little faith, that means faith enough to believe a certain type of miracle, which is restricted by one's own level of faith. I want to repeat this. Faith to believe a certain type of miracle, which is restricted by one's own faith. That means their faith will only allow them to believe certain kind of miracles. You know, those are important things where without that faith, they won't get that miracle, but they'll believe and they'll get it. But for other types of miracles, they will not be able to believe. Barak was like that. That's why he is in the... Hall of Faith, he is in Hebrews 11 because he expressed his faith at a very difficult situation and his faith was, you go, I'll go. And he went. He was not someone who said, even if Deborah goes, I'm not going. I know, I'm not going. 
he went. But when she said, you go, his faith was not there to go by himself without the prophetess with him. Her word for him was not enough for him. This is important, very important. It's a deep thought that the Spirit of God is bringing at this hour. Her word for him from God was not enough for Barak. This is where Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith. That was great faith. If Barak would have gone when Deborah told him to go, then that would have been under great faith. Great faith is your word is enough. You said you go and you will win the battle. God has given your enemies into your hands. You go. That should have been enough for Barak and he should have gone. But that word from God through her was not enough for him is I want this tangible evidence. I want this tangible thing where that you are going with me. It's another kind of faith. God wants to move you from the tangible kind of faith where I believe, I believe, I believe. It's not that. Like Thomas said, even if I put my finger into his nail prints, even if I put my finger into his side, you know, this is what I have to have. But Barks was not like that. Thomas was doubting. Bark was not doubting. Bark says, my faith is only up to here. I believe God will give victory. But you know what? I'm not going just based on your word. You're coming with me. I'm going. That means if you're coming, that means God is coming. And I believe what you said because now you're coming. But if you just gave the word, I'm not going to go. God is speaking to us at this hour. God wants to take you from one level of faith to the other. Are you willing to go? God says, I want to take you from the ankle deep waters to the knee deep waters. I'm the one who brought you to the presence of God. I'm the one who brought you to the house of God. I'm the one who brought you even to this ankle deep water. It's God. God says, now I want to move you from the ankle deep to the knee deep. Are you ready to go? If you're ready to go, then the complacency must go. Being complacent where you are must go. Being excited for what God is going to do must come. That means, oh, he's taking me there. Now what? What is he going to do next? Lord, where are you going to take me now? Lord, what are you going to expect from me now? What should I do for you now? That excitement has to be there when it comes to the things of God. Not greediness, but faith and a good kind of expectation. There's a difference between greediness and a good kind of expectation. Greediness is before God can do something. Oh, I'm not growing enough. And he's not doing enough. And you know, I'm not going. And while God is bringing them to the ankle deep itself, they look at people who are swimming and saying that, oh, they're swimming and look at me. I'm an ankle deep. That's a demonic spirit. The people who got demon possessed like that. Be very careful. Where God has you is a blessing. And you thank God for that. And as the Spirit of God does the work and He moves you forward, you need to have the desire and desire and the excitement that I'm going forward. Lord, yes, whatever you say, I say yes. And praise God for all those who are swimming there. And I know as God takes me, I'm going to be, I'm going to be swimming there too. See, it's very different. When someone says, I'm happy, Lord, I'm going with you, and I know you're going to take me. Wherever you tell me to stand, I'm going to stand and I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy the what? the ankle deep and I'm going to enjoy when he takes me to the knee deep I'm going to enjoy when he takes me to the waist deep and when he sees me fit to swim 
I'm going to swim because he is never going to take me. God is never going to take you to a place where you cannot handle. So he will train you for that. He will pour into you and then he'll say, come on, let's go. Let's go. It involves preparation. It involves preparation. Before you go there, God will say, you need to wear this and you need to have this and you need to be ready for this. You need to have those things. And as the Spirit of the Lord moves us from point A to point B, it is important for us to go with the flow of the Spirit. So the complacency, ungodly complacency should not be there. Gratitude has to be there. Thankfulness to God should be there. But complacency where God says, let's go forward. You say, oh no, Lord, I'll just stay here. Oh, they can all swim there, Lord, but I'm not interested in that. I'll stay here. But God is interested in making you go from point A to point Z. And he's taking you step by step by step. And you say, no, Lord. What will happen at that point? God will say, okay. Would you stay here? I'm going forward. We want to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. When God calls us to go from the the ankle deep to the knee deep, we need to be ready to go. We need to be prepared. We need to prepare ourselves for that. Now from here to the next place and from there to the next place, God takes us. So the complacency should not be there. That's number one. Number two is lack of trust should not be there. When the lack of trust is there, it's poisonous. You know that? Lack of trust is poisonous. Anytime you don't trust your leader, your guide, the spirit of God, God is placed and the house of God where God is placed, you're never going to grow. You'll miss out on everything. Always they come there and stand there and standing there with suspicion. Well, ankle deep and he's calling me for knee deep and I don't know what's going to happen. And when he goes there and if I go with him and you know what, nothing's going to happen to him because he's God and I go and stand there and one wave comes and hit my, you know, wobbly legs and I'm going to be swept away by that wave and there it is that'll be the end of everything and and i'll be dead and gone so um you go lord i will stand here fear perfect love casts out fear when we know that we love him and he loves us we'll be excited to go with him wherever he goes no matter how deep it is we'll say we'll go every day with jesus is sweeter than the day before God comes and he says, let's go. Let's go deeper. Put away complacency. Put away that lack of trust. When you're called to do something, when the river of God is before you, and the spirit of God is calling you for a deeper walk with God, at that time, don't say, this is not my kind of thing, and this is not for me, and I am content with this. Put away that complacency. And don't say that, well, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I'll be able to make it. I don't know if I will really like it. And so I will stay here. Lack of trust and complacency are two big killers that will come and kill your spiritual progress. That will keep you in a state of spiritual stagnation. God is speaking to our hearts in this hour. God wants to take you from ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep. And you know what God's goal is? To cause you to swim. To cause you to swim.
that cause you to swim. And it is God who trains our hands for battle and our fingers for war so that our hands can become so strong and it can bend that steel, that bow of steel. God is speaking in this hour. When God calls us to do something, when God calls us for something, don't forfeit it because you were complacent. Don't forfeit it because you didn't want to trust the good shepherd who's actually with you and who says, I want to take you further. I want to take you further. This month of November, God wants to move you forward spiritually. God wants to move you from ankle deep to knee deep. God wants to move you from knee deep to waist deep. God wants to move you from waist deep to swimming. But in order for you to pass through those stages, it is very important for you to have that eager expectation. To have that total trust and confidence in God. When he calls you, you go with that great excitement. When he calls you, you go with a great confidence that as long as he's with me and as long as I'm with him, this is going to be a profitable, a beneficial, a pleasurable, a joyful, full of glory experience. Hallelujah. That's how we need to think. Not the other way. Well, if I go there, probably I will fall. And if I fall, you know, I don't know if I'll faint. And if I faint, I may die. And if I die, I don't have anybody to bury me. And then you know, all kinds of foolish, demonic, negative thoughts. Where is it coming from? The pit of hell. There's no defeat to those who walk in the path of the cross. And nobody, who, there's no one who's ever walked with Jesus who's never walked on water with Jesus, has ever drowned. No one. When God calls a person to walk in that river, it is important to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd. He says, let's go from here to here. We need to go. That's what faith is. And uh, no matter what path we may have to go through, if we have the word of God, that rod in our hands, whatever it may be, it will help us navigate through deep waters. And with that rod, we get the glorious experience of crossing through that water. Where that rod is the word of God. And the spirit of God gives us rich spiritual experience as we go through that. When we pass through the rivers, River never overflows upon us. We never drown in the river. And that's a miracle. And we experience such miracles when we are led by God into that river. That's the key. That's why I said in the beginning of this chapter, the most important word is we underline it, that God leads us into that river. He takes us step by step, by step into the river. And as you go down further and read, you will see how powerful that river is. Just walking in that river. 
It's a powerful thing because God is taking us to a river. If that river is causing everything to live, imagine if that river, you know, is upon you as you walk and as you swim. What it'll do to you. To what extent it will cause you to flourish personally. May God speak to your heart at this hour. As we're going to close today. Have this in your mind. This month of November is a rich month of rich spiritual experiences that God will give to all those who will say, take me, Jesus. Because God wants to take you deeper. God wants to take you deep into the river of the Holy Spirit. God wants to take you from your ankle deep to your knee deep. That means you're progressing. That means you're moving forward. We're more in the river of God. Every step forward is like, you're going to be swimming. You're going to be swimming. You're going to be swimming. But you know what? You're not going to say, well, I'm going to be swimming. But oh, now I'm only walking. Oh, I'm going to swim. Oh, it's only knee deep. Oh, that that kind of uh, discontentment is dangerous. Having complacency is dangerous. Discontentment is also very dangerous. Enjoy the process because it is his grace. He knows that. Oh, before time, if he tries to put you there where you can swim, where you really can't swim, where you can only pass through that by swimming, but you're not qualified for that, you will drown there. That's why God says, oh, little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little. Do you know what? He trains you. He trains you so that you can swim. You need to know how to swim. You need to practice the presence of God. You need to be someone who would give yourself over to that river of God. You know, anybody who is trying to swim, if they really panic and get scared and resist their own body from swimming, they will drown. It's important to give yourself over to that river. It's important to give yourself over to that river of God. Say, Lord, take me deeper. In this month of November, take me deeper. Take me deeper, Jesus. Take me deeper. God wants to build. God wants to uproot. God wants to do new things. God says, I will straighten the crooked paths. I'll make rough places smooth. I will do all these things. Bring down the mountains and raise up the valleys. I'll do all these things. Are you ready? Get ready. I want to take you deeper into the river of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Get ready. Be excited. Have expectation. Put away discontentment. Put away complacency. The big disease that has taken many people down is discontentment. While God is giving them the ankle deep, instead of enjoying that ankle deep, they'll look at people swimming and say, oh, they're swimming. I can stand it. They're swimming. And I wish I was swimming there. And I constantly look at, oh, they're swimming there, swimming there. And what are they doing? They're missing out. Who is standing with you while you are there at the ankle deep? Who is God? It's because of him you're there. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be there. Thoroughly enjoy that and thank God. And as you thank God and you show yourself that you're ready for the knee deep, 
That means you prepare yourself. Then God will say, come on, you're ready. I'm going to take you to knee deep. Every time you're ready, from there, God will move you to the next level. He'll see how you're handling your ankle deep first. If you're where you're knee deep and he knows that you're there where the knee deep waters are there, he'll see how you're handling your knee deep water experience. If you're complacent there, then he's not going to take you forward. If you complain there and say that I'm not content here and I'm miserable because I'm here and they're all there and constantly comparing, then he's not going to take you forward. God doesn't like grouchy, grumpy, discontent people. Many died in the wilderness because of that. We know that. We need to be people of faith. We need to be excited. He's going to take me forward. Excited. While you're standing at the knee deep, excitement for where you are and let God see you that you're ready for the next one so all these spiritual experiences involve preparation where you are your ability to stand your ability to take what God is giving you will be put to test your strength will be put to test God will say okay you're able to handle knee deep you're able to handle waist deep and i know you can swim and then he will take you forward it's important to have the excitement at the same time it's important to have the strength the preparation that is necessary if you don't have that then god is not going to move you forward in this month of november the Spirit of the Lord says, I have big things for you. Beginning this month of November, as God is taking you into the season that God has for you, God says, how much are you going to give yourself over to preparing yourself for what I have for you? How excited are you going to be? What is your participation in what he's going to do? He's the one who's going to take you forward. You're not going to just run into the middle of the river. No. Step by step, God is going to take you. But are you waiting on him? Are you where he is? Every time God comes to our sanctuary, every time God comes here, this is his sanctuary. As we all are connected together in the presence of God. Every time the Spirit of the Lord comes and he says, come on, let's go deeper. How excited are you to go deeper in the ways of God? And how ready are you to go forward? How quick are you to go forward? And how happy are you where God has brought you to? These are things you must think about. Meditate on so God can take you forward. God is going to do tremendous things in this month of November, spiritually and in every way. But it takes time. It takes faith. It takes trust. It takes wanting to go forward. It takes God's vision. 
as you look at the river of God, when you understand the vastness of it, when you understand the glory of it, when you understand God has not called me just to stand at the banks of the river, but to really, he wants me to come into the river. And not just at the edge of the river, but he wants me to swim there. That's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. To fully be immersed in the Holy Spirit. While I have my eyes there, I also have my eyes here where I am. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the process. Be grateful to God. Be thankful to God. And while you are, prepare yourself for your next move. That God will move you to. While you are here, thoroughly enjoy. Be grateful and be joyful. Don't be complacent. Don't be discontent. Be grateful and be joyful. And prepare yourself for the next move. God wants you to do mighty things. The move of the Holy Spirit is tremendous. And the Spirit, I see the Spirit of God moving His people from one level to the other. But it's only for those who look to God, who hear His voice when God says, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. You've come to the sanctuary and here in the sanctuary as the river of God is there. I'm going to take you from one place to the other. Where God is, where God is, where God is. Hallelujah. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your presence, in your presence, in your presence, in your presence, Jesus, in your presence, in your presence, I want to stay. In your presence, in your presence, in your presence, in your presence, Jesus, in your presence, in your presence, I want to stay. Hide me in your hands, hide me in your hand, hide me in the palm of your hand. Jesus, now hide me in your hand, hide me in your hand, hide me in the palm of your hand. Jesus, hide me in your hand, hide me in your hand, hide me in the palm of your hand. Lord, in your presence, in your presence, Jesus, in your presence, in your presence, keep me in your presence, hide me in your presence, and I want to stay. Hallelujah.
Father, we want to be in the river of God. We want to be with God in the river of God. Hallelujah. We want you to take us deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the river of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We don't want to be a people who are complacent. We don't want to be a people who are discontent. We don't want to be a people who compare with others, grumble and complain. We want to be a people of praise, a people of faith, a people who eagerly, 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 hallelujah, Look to God. Go with God. Hallelujah. Thank God and enjoy the process. Hallelujah. While preparing for the next move of God. Hallelujah. As the Spirit of God is moving this church from one level to the other. As the Spirit of God is moving this church. Hallelujah. As the Spirit of God is moving upon this church. Hallelujah. As the wind of the Lord always circling around the people of God. Oh, may they be caught up, oh Father, in the wind of the Holy Spirit so they can move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let no one stand where they are. Let no one be complacent. Let no one live in a state of spiritual stagnation. Hallelujah. But they may be, they may be in that running water and be moved by the Spirit of God from one place to the other. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this month of November. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you have spoken to us. Thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit that you've accomplished in our lives this day. Lord, the word that you've given to us is great. The word that you've given to us is precious. The word that you've given to us is priceless. Hallelujah. May people understand, understand the riches of this treasure. And may they not take it lightly. May people understand the vastness of your glory. Never take it for granted. May people understand, 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 oh Father, what you're calling them to what you're calling them for. That they may experience every experience that you have for them in the river of God. That they may be the people who will bear much fruit for your glory. That their spirits, their souls, their minds, their bodies be blessed by the river of God. Through God, we shall do valiantly. And through God, we shall bring down every mountain we shall raise up every valley. All oh, every crooked path shall be made straight. And all the rough places shall be made smooth. As we prepare ourselves for what God has for us in this month of November. So with great excitement, with great thanksgiving, and with great expectation, we continue to walk into this month, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Thanking him for the good word that God has spoken to us. Your word is enough. Your word is enough. Your word is enough. 
Thank you, Lord. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with this blessing that you alone can bless them with, that they may walk hand in hand with the King of Kings, who is the great I am that they may be led by the Spirit of God into the river of God, that they may be people who prepare themselves so that God can move mightily in them, that they may prepare themselves so that God can take them from one place to the other, from one level to the other. Hallelujah. That they may inherit everything that you have for them, Father. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen.